This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Matter. This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Port, founder and CEO of Rocket Matter, world's most amazing legal software. Today, we're talking to Allison Shields. Allison is the founder and president of Legalese Consulting, Inc. She is a friend of mine. First time I ever met Allison, I believe she was uh, flinging some of our elastic uh, rocket matter cows in our trade show booth at ABA Tech Show. <laughs> She's also the author of a number of ABA books, including How to Do More in Less Time and LinkedIn in One Hour for Lawyers. Allison, thanks so much for being with us today. Larry, thanks so much for having me. All right. So you do a lot of consulting for law firms. Can can you tell us about your journey and how you got into that field? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, you know, I had been practicing law for a number of years. I was a partner in a law firm that when I started there, uh, we were about 15 lawyers. And in the year before I was hired, I think they had hired about five. So we started on this sort of exponential growth. By the time I, I left the firm eight years later, we were at 55 lawyers. Wow. Um, yeah. And so in addition to doing my regular client work, um, I started taking on more responsibility, especially as I became a partner. And I was really, they called me the administrative partner. I was sort of assisting the managing partner, doing a lot of the management stuff, assigning cases, deciding who should do what in the firm and and how things should be done. And I had been involved even before I was a partner in kind of changing a lot of our processes and procedures and the way that we did things because we had gone from a a smaller firm, you know, into more of a mid-sized firm and we needed to get everybody on the same page and doing things the same way. And, you know, this is going to make me sound old, but when I first started at the firm, um, really hardly anybody had a computer and the people who had computers were with the secretarial staff. No, I thought you were uh, going to was... say, uh, um, Howard Taft was president. <laughs> no, I'm not that old, but you know, lawyers weren't using computers in the firm at that time. And so I was one of the people who first got a computer because I used to go and sit at my secretary's desk whenever she would get up to go to the restroom so that I would have access to, to what was on the computer. Um, but eventually I, I really found that I was getting burnt out Uh, and that's why my website is called lawyer meltdown because I feel like that's kind of what I went through. I was working seven days a week. I was trying to do the management stuff. I had associates that I was supervising. I had my client work I had to do and we had started doing marketing and a marketing committee in the firm and it just became too much, you know, spending my weekends doing bills and not taking vacations. And I said, there's got, I, I need to take a step back. Um, and I knew that a vacation wasn't going to be good enough. And I thought about asking for, a, a like a sabbatical, but I wasn't hundred percent sure even at that time that I would, would come back. And so what I did was I took a number of months off and I decided that I was going to try starting my own business, being an entrepreneur and doing not the legal work, even though I was interested in it, it wasn't the stuff that really kind of excited me. It was more the management, the marketing and helping other people to to be better and to do things better and more efficiently. And wow. so I said, all right, let's see if I can if I can do this as a business and throw it out there. 
So uh, that's really interesting. What gave you the courage to strike out on your own? Because I mean, obviously, you were, um, it sounded like you were like, completely maxed out from that firm, and, and you did need a break. But um, what, you know, where did you get the courage to go from? All right, um, I'm, I'm maxed out, and I need to take a step back. And, and instead of going back into practicing uh, on some different level to just really transitioning? You know, I think some of it was that I really still loved my old firm. Um, and I felt like I couldn't really see myself practicing somewhere else. So that was part of it. I think part of it was um, I was also going through some other transitions in my in my life at the same time I was going through a divorce. And so it was like half of my life was in upheaval already. So why not make the rest of it? Right. <laughs> you might know? as well, like, right? You know, uh, you know it's going to be tough anyway. So we might as well do it all at once. Um, you know, and I, and I had the option to take some time off because I had some, some money saved. My ex-husband and I had a piece of property that we had sold. Um, you know, so there were a lot of factors that really, that really went into it. And I figured, let me just jump in. And if it doesn't work, you know, I still have my law degree. I can always go and practice for somebody else. Um, you know, and I, within a couple of months of when I decided to actually start the business, I did have some other people approach me and I was doing some legal work on the side from, for some other firms that knew I could just kind of take a file and run with it. And, you know, so I was doing court appearances and, and summary judgment motions and things like that. So I, I had that sort of on the side too. So I knew if I really wanted to, I could go back full time into practicing law. It wasn't like I completely cut off. That's interesting because a couple of things you said are exactly my experience when I left my job and started Rocket Matter. Number one, I was a software engineer, so I knew if I fell flat on my face, I could get another job somewhere. And number two, it's like there's never the right time to start a business. There's never the right time to buy a house. There's never the right time to do any of that stuff, so you might as well just do it. Um, <laughs> so tell me a little bit about this, uh, the book that you wrote about uh, LinkedIn and One Hour for Lawyers. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, how you advise people to use LinkedIn? I know we don't have one hour here, but maybe in, we have one or two minutes. Maybe you could tell lawyers in, in two minutes for lawyers what or LinkedIn. Any ideas there? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's interesting because the book came about because Dennis Kennedy, who's my co-author on the book, and I had done a webinar for the law practice division on LinkedIn. And it was really at a time when I think people were just starting, or at least lawyers, to get an idea about LinkedIn. And the webinar was so popular that somebody approached us and said, why don't you why don't you write a book? And they had these one hour series of books. So it kind of fit right into that. Um, you know, I mean, in the book, we talk about the three building blocks of LinkedIn, your, your profile, your connections and your participation. And I think a lot of lawyers, there are tons of things in the profile that they don't bother filling in. Um, and I think that's a mistake, both in terms of searching and in terms of just connecting with people. When they look at your profile, they want to get more information about you. And so I think the professional headline is, is probably my top tip, which is kind of your title on LinkedIn. It always appears right underneath your name. Um, and you've got plenty of room there to describe what you do, not just to put in your title. So, for example, instead of saying partner or associate and the name of the law firm, you know, say that, that's fine. But then also say what practice area, you know, so or say try a lawyer at, you know, Smith and Jones law firm or 
estate planning, elder law, you know, whatever your practice area might be. And maybe even if you have more of a niche than that, describe that niche. You know, you've, you've got plenty of room there to be a little bit creative with that headline. Uh, but you want to make sure that people know by looking at it that you're a lawyer and what you do, because that kind of a headline next to somebody that just says associate, I mean, I don't even know necessarily that it's a law firm. You know, even huh. with the firm name in there, you know, right. it, it, associate could mean you work at Bloomingdale's. <laughs> exactly. I always say that they say call the greeters at Walmart associates. So right. I mean, yeah. So well, and and do you limit your uh, advice to uh, writing and webinars, or can people actually like reach out to you and get specific help with you if they need for LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. So I do a lot of writing. I do webinars. I do trainings. You know, group trainings. Um which is sort of similar to a webinar. Some of them are in person, some of them are over the web, but I also do one-on-one -on -one LinkedIn training, which I think makes a big difference uh, because when I do the one-on-one -on -one training, we really get into who your target audience is, You know, who are you looking for on LinkedIn, how to write your profile to really speak to those people. And then looking at making your connections very intentional with those that target audience and and your individual goals in mind and some of that depends on where you are in your in your career uh, and the same thing with participation we talk about what you should post what kind of groups you should join you know how to get involved on linkedin as opposed to just having a presence there and then walking away from it i'll tell you what there um the people that know how to use linkedin have such an advantage in business development uh, over people that don't. I mean, it is just this incredibly rich tool and it's there and, and people just don't know how to take advantage of it. So I would encourage people to explore that a little bit further. Uh, let me ask you this one. Uh, and because this is the 10 minute law firm podcast, we can go a little bit over. We haven't gotten any scathing letters because we've hit 12 minutes, but <laughs> Allison, what would you say since you're 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 there. You're you're you know in the trenches. What would you say is the biggest challenge you see facing small to mid-sized firms today? And also, maybe you could uh, clarify a little bit in terms of like numbers of people at firms. What you're what you mean by that? Well, I you know I mean to me a, a small to mid-sized firm is anything from you know it would include solos uh, up to I would say you know mid fifties of lawyers, you know, 55, maybe up to 60 lawyers, you know, I mean, within that there, there are different problems, but I think technology, which sounds silly, but I think technology is one of the biggest challenges. And, and the reason for that is because I think that technology has, has increased the client's expectations of what can be done and how quickly it can be done and how, you know, even how things should be done. Right. So lawyers really need to be up on the latest technology, how they can communicate with clients and, and how they can get their work done the most efficient way possible. Um, and, and I think that they're facing challenges from technology, from non-traditional places where people might get legal help or legal advice now, you know, I mean, a lot of lawyers complain about the legal Zooms and, and those sorts of things, but the fact of the matter is they're not going anywhere. Um, and so lawyers are going to have to figure out how they can compete with those services and how they can differentiate themselves um, and then how they can use technology to their advantage, you know, to automate certain things and to really focus on the the one-on-one -on -one personal attention, 
um, and the legal expertise that they have and leave more of the sort of rote things to to automation or or maybe even to the legal zooms of the world and then work on what they can really influence. That's really good advice. And and we, we kind of see the same thing that, uh, you know, my co-author Dave and I, when we write the Lean Law Firm book, we kind of view it in the same way that the technology really, especially with the automation portion of things, is there to reduce what we call waste, you know, in the process, anything that doesn't deliver value to the clients. And the more you aut automate, the more you get rid of the stuff that you don't really have to be working on, the more value you can bring to more people. And so, right. you know, it boosts revenues, does all those wonderful things. Um, so, Allison, this has been a delightful conversation. I want to thank you so much for being on our podcast today. If people want to reach out to you or get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Well, usually email is probably the best. My email is Allison, which is A-L-L-I-S-O-N, at LegalEaseConsulting.com, and that's E-A-S-E. -E. Okay, gotcha. Um, do you respond to Twitter if people send you a tweet or something like that? Yeah, or absolutely. My Twitter is at Allison Shields. Um, you know, you can always hop on my on my website too, which is lawyermeltdown.com. Uh, you know, there's tons of links there to to reach out to me. Or, you know, of course, people could always call me too. The phone number is six three one six four two zero two two one. All right, great. And well, of course, Allison, there's always LinkedIn. If you find me on LinkedIn, you could shoot me a message there too. Of course, of course. And if it says associate, then, you know, maybe maybe it's a lawyer, maybe it's not. We don't know. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you so much for your time today, Allison. I appreciate it. Thanks, Larry. This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and don't forget to rate and review so we can keep bringing you awesome content.